Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. John, in this letter, in 1 John 2, is writing to believers. You'll notice that he says, but ye have an unction. Actually, in the Greek, it's the same word that's translated anointing in the 27th verse. And so in the 27th verse, he said, you have an anointing. I want you to know, notice that that anointing abideth in you. Hallelujah. It is an anointing of the Holy Ghost, or it's also called the Holy Ghost. You'll notice the text we read there in John, speaking of Jesus, said that he had the Spirit without measure, inferring that we as individuals have the Spirit by measure. Now, I'm thoroughly convinced, though you couldn't prove it by the Bible, but you still can't disprove it either, that as the body of Christ as a whole, we have the same measure of the Spirit that Jesus did. But that is we as an individual, members of the body of Christ, do not. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today, we continue the series, Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. If you have your Bibles, I want to read several portions of Scripture to begin with. First, open to the first epistle of John, the second chapter. The first epistle of John and the second chapter. And then we'll look at some other scriptures. I think you can follow me pretty well, your Bibles. But John, 1 John, 1st Epistle of John, and the, the, the second chapter. I'm going to read the 20th verse first. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now look at the 27th verse. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. Then I want you to notice 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and the 21st verse. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Then I want you to turn to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke's gospel. The fourth chapter of Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 4. And we're going to begin to read with the 14th verse. If you don't have your Bibles, write these verses down and look them up and read them later. Luke's Gospel, the fourth chapter, we begin to read with the 14th verse. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up far to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or that is Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily, I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, or that is Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias or Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Now then notice also Acts the 10th chapter and the 38th verse. Acts 10, 38. Here Peter is preaching, you remember, down there at Cornelius, Cornelius and his household. How God anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now then I want you to notice another verse from the New Testament and then one from the Old and then we'll begin our discussion. I want you to notice in John's Gospel, the Gospel according to St. John, and the third chapter, the third chapter, and the 34th verse of the Gospel according to St. John. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Now then I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, the 10th chapter. Because we're talking about the anointing. Isaiah, the 10th chapter, and the 27th verse. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I don't know about you, but I've already preached me happy. <laughs> Glory to God. Just talking about it. Just reading about it. Now, I want to talk about the anointing. I want to divide it into three sections. 
the individual anointing, the ministry gift or gifts anointing, and the corporate anointing. Now, first of all, John in this letter, in 1 John 2, is writing to believers. You'll notice that he says, but ye have an unction. Actually, in the Greek, it's the same word that's translated anointing in the 27th verse. And so in the 27th verse, he said, you have an anointing. I want you to know, notice that that anointing abideth in you. Hallelujah. It is an anointing of the Holy Ghost, or it's also called the Holy Ghost. You'll notice the text we read there in John, speaking of Jesus, said that he had the Spirit without measure, inferring that we as individuals have the Spirit by measure. Now, I'm thoroughly convinced, though you couldn't prove it by the Bible, but you can't, still can't disprove it either, that as the body of Christ as a whole, we have the same measure of the Spirit that Jesus did. But that is we as an individual, members of the body of Christ, do not. I'll get back to that in a moment. But there is an anointing of the Holy Ghost that abides within every believer, minister or not, every believer. That anointing is there to help us to pray, to help us, especially, you see, not only born of the Spirit, but filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost, help us to be witnesses. Jesus said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses. He said to the disciples, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And that endowment of power is available to every believer. Praise God. And that anointing is in us to help us to pray, to help us to witness, and to help us to teach us. You know, he speaks here about teaching it. Well, now, he doesn't mean that we don't need teachers, you know. The Holy Ghost is not going to contradict himself. He said, you need not that any man teach you. But did you ever stop to think about a man teaching under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is not man teaching us something. Amen. Isn't that right? It's the Holy Ghost teaching us. But see, you have the Holy Ghost in you to help you to know whether a person is teaching or what he's teaching is right or not. It, it, it amazes me. I'll be honest with you. I'm appalled sometimes at born-again, spirit-filled people, Pentecostals, uh, how, how, how gullible they are. I remember I was teaching, preaching in a certain place, and, and here was a man that I'd known for years, a Bible teacher. 35 years, a Bible teacher. And renowned as a Bible teacher. Well, now, I don't mean that he was out here in full-time ministry like some of the rest of us, but yet he, he was a Bible teacher. And he had a weekly class in his city. Well, here some fellow came to town, you know, teaching certain things. I don't know. Well, right at first he wasn't. But anyway, I never did hear the fellow teach. But I remember one time right here in the city of Houston, he came into one of my meetings and instantly in my spirit. In fact, my wife and I went away and my wife said something wrong with that fellow. His spirit's not right. You see, I'm amazed how folks don't know. Yet they should have the Holy Ghost in them to teach them. Are you listening to me? Amen. And so this fellow, when I came along, he was telling me, you know, how that his Bible study group, he had a weekly Bible study group in the city, was absolutely devastated and destroyed. Because he went to the services, you know, that this fellow teaching, and he encouraged them to go, and uh, his folk to go, and they went, you know. And then after a while, he said, well, there's a few things, you know. And of course, we don't see just every little thing eye to eye, and I ignored it. But finally, said, he got off on something one night, and I just went up to him afterwards and said to him, now, I've gone along with something, but boy, I can't go along with that tonight. You'll have to give me chapter and verse. And this man said, oh... You won't find what I'm teaching in that thing. Pointed to the Bible, that thing. Oh, I'm way out beyond that. 
so deep in the Lord. Yeah, he's way out in left field and possessed of the devil. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the message series by Ken Hagan, How to Be an Overcomer. In this four-CD series, Ken Hagan teaches us that we already possess spiritual tools. He shows us how to use those tools to exercise our God-given authority and obtain our rightful blessings in Christ. This series is just $28. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Rama College Weekend. Rama College Week on April 20th in the 20th through the 22nd. Again, that's right. This is where you can come and go to a class and just see what it's all about. And uh, and so you can. All of this information is available there at Rama.org too, if you want to know about. If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at rhema.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. So call, email, or write us today. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, Understanding the Anointing. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.